almost exactly a year ago, I talked to Louis Douthat, the founder of the uh, the Play on Shakespeare project at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival. Um, Louis has been now joined or superseded or improved by her new managing director, Camila Long. Upgrade is the word, upgrade. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, now in its 15th year, number 741, Meet Camila Long. Camila Long is the new managing director of Play on Shakespeare, the company dedicated to exploring the world of Shakespeare by commissioning living playwrights, many of them women, many of them playwrights of color, to create new translations and adaptations of Shakespeare's plays. Like all of us, Play on Shakespeare is changing and evolving through the course of this pandemic, so I was really excited when Camila chatted with me about her new role with the organization and how Play on Shakespeare is continuing to meet the needs of its audiences, both now and in the future. I'm so thrilled to talk to you because I interviewed Louis in February. I posted our conversation on the podcast in August in the midst of this pandemic and in the midst of another fire season mm-hmm. for the West, much of the West Coast. So I'm so really psyched to talk to you to talk about not only how it's going currently in the given the state of things, but your but your origin story, your origin myth about how you came to Shakespeare, how you came to Oregon Shakes, how you came to play on? How did how did that all start for you? Well, I'm a, I have my MFA in uh, performance, uh, so I've been in. I'm a theater person. I got my uh, bachelor's degree in theater from Alabama State University. MFA from University of Louisville. Grew up in a town that had the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, mm-hmm. which I worked at, at as an actor, and I also worked at uh, and became a performer later um, in my life, not knowing that. So uh, Shakespeare's shadow, I could say has always been there from the town that I've been in. I love that. Yeah. Uh, That's a great way to say it. We are all living in his shadow for good and for ill sometimes, but yeah. And, and, and you, I love that you come to this work with text from a performance standpoint. Yes. That's Mm -hmm. because that's, it's meant to be performed. Yes, my entryway in the theater, I also have, uh, has been through, um, of course, Shakespeare has been through theater. Um, and, uh, so I know all of the roles from being a producer, uh, being a performer, being a professor, being a teaching artist, uh, being a secondary school teacher. Uh, so I've had all that experience as well. I got my actress equity card very young, you know, at the age of 20, um, I became professional. So I have a good, uh, sense of what it is to be in the theater world as a theater practitioner and as an administrator. Um, so I feel very confident in, uh, my skill set as far as the world of theater is concerned, but as far as Shakespeare is concerned, uh, I, uh, my, my first reading I remember was in, um, high school reading Romeo and Juliet. And I immediately understood the whole story and was very sad at the end that they, they both died. I wanted them to live so bad. I wanted someone to say, I wanted them, I didn't want it to die. Uh, I didn't want them to die. So I remember that impact that that story. And you, once you read, once I read that, I never forgot it, you know, and I went on to be Titania in A Midsummer Night's Dream and uh, star in that in uh, grad school as well as take many classes 
and voice classes for Shakespeare because I had a professor who loved uh, Dr. Renda Fry, um, who is like known as a voice dialect coach around the nation. Uh, so she took me under her wings and I still didn't know that I would end up being this Shakespeare buff and going to this Shakespeare festival and know that he would be, I would be uh, connected, continue to stay connected with Shakespeare all this time. Shakespeare nerds are a special tribe for sure. <laughs> well, you know, and you know, I got them by default too. I feel like by default, I don't know how. It's like I didn't try to chase him or go come after him. It just seems like that's where the work is and that's where the fun is. And like with Play On, uh, Play On translations uh, coming out into the world and, and opening up the scripts for other people um, and all of the good work that Play On Shakespeare is doing and the big good work that they did at the festival um, that caught my attention. So once Play On Shakespeare started at the Oregon Shakespeare Festival, I was already uh, colleagues with uh, Louis in the producing office before I went into development. And um, I will oftentimes be so excited to partner with them or help them with anything they were doing. So I was a fan of Play On Shakespeare from its inception. Well, I was going to ask about that because one, I love that you were attracted to him uh, emotionally in high school when you read Romeo and Juliet. But then I was going to ask because uh, Louis has confessed that she that play on uh, Shakespeare absolutely ruins Shakespeare for everyone. Um, <laughs> being such a fan, you're now transforming his texts in mm -hmm. in 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 ways that are. Um, surprisingly controversial to me because it doesn't yeah. feel like to me that you're uh, this the texts are still there what does play on tell me what play on is doing to help us understand Shakespeare's texts um I think it, I, I'm I come from the school of um uh, I mean, to, I, I hate to have to always use this because I'm I'm from the South and I grew up, my father was a preacher. So I always think about the different versions of the Bible he had laying around. The King James, James Version, the New International Version, the this, this, that version. You know, it's so many versions now you can't even, it's, it's like, what do you need? But when you had the King James, James Version, you always had to go and look up something, you know, some annotations or look at the bottom to figure out what it was that was being said, you know? So to me, it's a step, it's still the same step happening all in one place. That's all. And that's the, that's the kind of unspoken secret is that every production of Shakespeare extant, no matter who's doing it, with the possible exception of the globe and not even them are- Has translation. Are, tra are translating, are making little cuts, are making little changes for clarity sake. I've never seen one produced without something happening or changing or shifting. And um, of course, when other people in other countries are reading Shakespeare, you know, there is translated in their language. Yeah. So there's other, every other version other than our own. And in England is a translated version across the world. So it's actually not that new or of an idea is just for us. But then you have the people saying, well, it doesn't need to be translated. It's already in our language. Well, it does need to be translated translated in our language yeah. uh just like how you won't say jive turkey anymore you know it's like nobody says jive turkey you jive turkey you know nobody <laughs> says that anymore so what's the equivalent for jive turkey now in, in this world to make it, it more relevant than what it was nobody's calling you know i won't say any of the words that come to my 
to mind for Shakespeare right now to translate, but uh, I think some of the uh, playwrights have come up with some great words uh, to express the feelings or caps encapsulate what they meant by that word. It takes a lot of work to make it all fit to say, oh, that's the meaning for now. So I quite enjoy it. Well, aside from the fact that you're making me feel old by saying I can't say jive turkey anymore, <laughs> being a child you of the 70s. Your friends in the corner. <laughs> oh, yes, no. ma'am. Um, uh, and some of his plays could really use some help, not just in making the language clearer, but in making the play better. Um, so I understand in some of his problem plays or his misunderstood plays or whatever, I could see, oh, let's make some changes. Let's say it a different way. But what do you do with a play like a Romeo and Juliet or like a Henry V? where where the texts are really pretty good on their own. Is there, yeah. there are degrees to which the plays get changed? The first rule of play on is do no harm. Hmm. Like we're not trying to make his plays better or change the message from his plays at all. Mm -hmm. Only thing it, we're doing is translating so that you can understand what he's really saying now in the way that is understood now. So you're absolutely right. So yeah, they don't get to go line for line. Every We're going to change and we're going to say we could have done this better. We're not saying he should have done it better. Of course, he may be thinking that if, as a playwright, which playwright isn't thinking all the time. I wish I could do that better. But we're not trying to do that for him, just like any other. We don't get to say we're going to make the, you know, hate to use the Bible again. This is not an adaptation of your version of it. This is a translation. So we're not saying we're going to make what Jesus could have said in this verse better. We're saying like we're making it clearer so that you can understand what he's saying. If we were, we're not talking about weed and tares anymore. What is a weed and what is a tear? Like somebody might go, like, okay, the wheat might be the same, but tear, we might have to find a word to make, you know, you understand what that is now. Hi, my name is Lauren Gunderson. I'm the playwright for The Book of Will, among other plays. And you are listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Where can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin, and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to independent bookstores in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with Camila Long, the new managing director of Play on Shakespeare. Let's talk about what what things are like in the pandemic now. I know that that some people have been made redundant, and some across the country, and 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 I know many of my fellow artists go, "Oh, they're sure keeping on a lot of administrators. They're sure paying a lot of administrators." And mm -hmm. I go, and, and as a guy who likes to keep his pretty little head free of all the administrative nonsense. I go, please keep them on, <laughs> pay them what they want. They're doing the work I don't want to do. Um, and I have to do for my company anyway, so it doesn't matter. But that's the, that's the job you're doing now. That, that's your position now with Play On as is the managing director. So you're mm -hmm. handling the business aspects of that. What does that entail? Um, well, day-to-day -day operations, the budget, number yep. one, tackling the budget. Um, and all of the finances, the budget tracking that, um, also um, 
the marketing now, you know, revamping the website. We're going to hope to uh, come out with a new, we have wonderful branding already, but we're going to lift that up and um, lift up our social media presence and our, um, uh, yeah, on all those platforms. That's what it looks like. Uh, we've got some new publications coming out. Oh, so we've got yeah. the, yeah, the plays are being published now. So we got to have a nice platform. Uh, we are creating a play on method, which is approach to the theater. I mean, through the text now. So we'll have it where teachers can use it, um, who teaches it in school and how to approach it and what's the difference between our text and theirs. So you can get a clearer understanding. Um, we're also thinking of developing some of our uh, play on scripts into screenplays. Uh, so those are some new things that um, is coming down the pipe. So as far as marketing is concerned, budgeting, and also some some of those new ideas, like some of the, the uh, screens plays yeah. and stuff like that. So all my connections out in the world and new people and artists to partner with. So I bring that to the table. Uh, as well for uh, play on. Two well, and that was my that was always my fascination with the project is that it's such a it's it's really a very cool idea, and I would love to see it not just remain you know in Southern Oregon, but get out get out into the world. Um, and I was also and I want to return to this other point that Louis made in our conversation, which is that um, the really radical thing you guys are doing, according to Louis, is bringing a living playwright back into the room when working on a Shakespeare play. Yes, yes. And that seems really, and you're paying them, you know, mm -hmm. that seems Making really- Making sure they get the royalties from their work. They, you pay them the royalties. And it's also, you know, you know, people do Shakespeare sometimes, so they don't have to bring the, have the royalties or have the living playwright yeah. uh, in the space. So I'm for sure uh, that does it, but it does center um, the writer in a very beautiful way. Um, that an adaptation doesn't, in a sense, as well. So I don't know. Um, well, and that's that seems like a great thing about the project, too. And really, I think any, I mean, I believe this, I mean, obviously through the Reduced Shakespeare Company work, is that you see you see a Reduced Shakespeare Company translation or parody, and you see a play on translation, and you are in conversation with Shakespeare's original text, hearing yep. it, seeing it in a different way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. We, um, we keep the integrity um, of it. And and what, like I said, we're not making it better saying he shouldn't be sexist here. So let's change it and make it about this. It's what it is, how it is, but what is it to us now in this language that we're speaking today? Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? Yes, absolutely. One of the things I want to brag about that Play On is working on that's like one of our I think one of the best things we're doing this year is uh, we're doing a podcast um, for all of the plays. So that all the cool kids are doing them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, so our podcasts and the casting for some of the podcasts are amazing. I can't leak anything at this moment, but I just would say stay tuned because um, I think we we're kind of, we're going out of the atmosphere with our casting and um, our directors in the plays, and they're very well done, and they will be exciting. So I think the podcast is is something you should be watching for. That's coming. And is out that a thing that was born out of this pandemic? How do we get to our material out there, or is it just um, it, it, all of that? Yeah, because it came from the, the marriage of this company and an actor who's worked with Play On, who happened to be working with this podcast company, who came to Play On, and it was the perfect marriage. Uh, so yeah, and because this person isn't on the stage somewhere, 
Yeah, right. They can do it. <laughs> these actors aren't on the stage somewhere. We can cast these actors to do these parts, ship them the podcast devices and everything they need to record, ship it back, clean it, you know, get it all and ship it on to the next group. So we get to do all of that fun too, <laughs> you know, if that's what you want to call it. But definitely the podcast, I would say, look out for it. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. You can find more information about Camila Long, Play on Shakespeare, and its upcoming podcasts and publications at playonfestival.org. Then send us your Shakespeare translation via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSE Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow Play on Shakespeare on Twitter too at Play on Shakes. Thanks as always to new project enabler Matthew Croak, Web services by Ginger Power Limited, music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Gareth Evans. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Lauren Gunderson, whose new play about love and viruses, The Catastrophist, co produced by the Roundhouse Theatre in Maryland and our old friends at Marin Theatre Company, is available to stream online through February 26th, 2021. Go to marintheatre.org for more information. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Titchener, 741, 2217ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. I believe that theater has taken me everywhere I've ever wanted to go. This podcast is a production of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReducedShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.